Preparing for Pesach, Shir number 8. The Jewish people are us. As we watch our ancestors succeed and fail, we should remember that this is who we were back then. But is it who we would be if faced with the same events? The Book of Shemaz opens up with a list of the names of the 12 tribes. We know that information from the Book of Bereshit, so Rashi tells us that it, the Torah is doing so because when you repeat a name or repeat a number, repeat some information, it's because you love so much and you're desperate just to hear their names. And then Rashi quotes a verse from the book of Yeshaya from Isaiah that says that Hashem takes out the hosts by number and he also calls them by name. In the original context, Yeshaya's words caution us against seeing creation as impersonal. Naming each star shows that Hashem deals with each on its own terms, responding to each individual's characteristic. Creation is not a giant process set in motion and ignored. Hashem keeps track of the big and the small picture. What Rashi is telling us is that the sons of Yaakov were also valued individually and their character shaped that of the tribe that descended from them. Like the stars who were cherished for their individuality, the tribes play specific and necessary roles as Hashem's people and are therefore enumerated wherever possible. That rationale also implies that each unit of the Jewish people held on to its ancestor's character. The slavery in the book of Shemos happens to a people whose citizens bear allegiance to the larger nation as well as to their tribal subgroup. They kept alive tribal traditions separate from those of the nation, as well as traditions of the nation as a whole. And they will leave in tribes a permanent aspect of their national personality. Perhaps this is actually a a fitting start to the Pesach story. We sit around our sailor tables with our tribal customs and traditions, things that our families have done. It could well be that other families do similar, but these are our traditions, our customs, however quirky or bizarre they might appear. But then we might have borrowed from other traditions. Maybe you're dabbling in a Sephardi or Yemenite custom. Maybe there's something that you've brought in from another branch of Judaism because it just works for your context. How do you feel about those traditions? Do you, are you proud? Do you look at them with treasured eyes, looking at yourselves as continuing a, a hallowed series of customs that go back generations? Or do you feel awkward that you're not quite like everybody else? Rabbinic literature held that traditions they kept alive were names and the language and how they dressed. The Kayaka thinks each of the brothers' names alluded to the redemption. Retaining their names kept alive their hopes for leaving Egypt. Reuven, for example, includes the verb for to see, a reminder that Hashem would eventually see their troubles. The Kliyaka's logic explains the necessity of knowing Hebrew. Reuven is just a name. Reuven has a message for someone who speaks Hebrew. The Medrash celebrates the Jews holding on to their language, what it meant. They would understand the names and they would remember the upcoming redemption. The Kliyaka's version of the Medrash said the Jews also retained their rejection of slander, which is why they knew where the Egyptians kept their gold and silver. The Egyptians knew they could trust their discretion. So they told them. Before the Exodus, the Jews had a national character, an awareness of each tribe's role within that nation, a connection to their past and a firm hope for their future. And that trustworthiness would make 
them rich. But that's it for today. Have a lovely day. Take care. Speak to you tomorrow. Thank you.